It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's a sports rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. Most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Listen to me, I'm older and I'm wise. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it? I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Thank God it's The work week is officially over. It's on to a sports weekend with the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, Adam Lundy in the studio as I broadcast live from Detroit, Michigan. Macedons will take on Detroit Mercy tomorrow at 1 o'clock, trying to sweep the weekend up here in the Detroit area. After an 82-73 win over Oakland last night, Jared Godfrey, 32 points and eclipsed 2,000 for his career. You want to talk about some impressive numbers. In fact, these are numbers John Conchar didn't even put together. 2,000 points, 600 rebounds, 400 assists, 200 steals, 200 made three-pointers. It's been a terrific career. In fact, there's only four other players in Division I basketball that have put that kind of stat line together in their career, and that's going back over the last 30 years. But uh, Mastodons will try to do something they've not done yet. Now, you know, what's fascinating about this team is it's been win-loss, win-loss, almost entirely through the uh, league play. They, they so far, they started league play, of course, early December, and then they came back and started late December with the regular schedule throughout with conference games. And you play two games a week, basically, right? You, you go out and you play a Thursday, Saturday, or a Friday, Sunday, or maybe a, uh, you know, Friday, Monday, or whatever the schedule might be. But here's what's fascinating is the Mastodons have yet to sweep a weekend. But the other thing is they also have not lost back-to-back games the entire season. They've played 24 games, and they have not yet lost back-to-back games. And they'll go at least, what, three more games uh, or two more games before that would even be a possibility after winning last night. But this, uh, this team somehow has a resiliency. Now, do they take their foot off the gas? Is, are, are they casual against some opponents? I mean, it's possible. They're, they're five, six-year college players. But when they come to play, they're as good as there can be in the Horizon League, and they've proven that with wins at Youngstown State, at Oakland. And, uh, and so we'll see what happens tomorrow. They've got a tough Detroit team that just pounded Cleveland State last night. And, uh, and of course, anytime you've got... Antoine Davis, who's the nation's leading scorer, you've you've got problems because uh, he at any point can go off. And that's what happened. The Mastodons virtually even with Detroit late in that game. And Antoine Davis just took over and hit, what, three threes, two or three threes late in that game. And, uh, and they were well-covered threes. I mean, sometimes you just can't do anything to stop him. He's that good. And so they'll have that as a challenge coming up tomorrow. All right, so we've got to give away these boat show tickets. We've given away all week. 
and we've been using keywords each day. I wasn't a big fan of nautical because I wasn't sure <laughs> if they would, if people would spell it right or if it was too technical of a term. So, you know, I'm going to dummy this down about as much as I can dummy it down, and I'm going to pick today's word. And, uh, and so if you want to win the four tickets to the boat show, which comes to the Coliseum next week, all you have to do is text us to 46862 poop deck <laughs> and, and say it with a straight face poop deck that's right it's a two-word phrase today but poop deck is our phrase that pays you could win boat show tickets we'll randomly select somebody who texts us what are they texting us today adam poop deck okay say it with a straight face now don't laugh but uh, that is our our keyword to get the boat show tickets. That's a very common boating phrase, right? Yeah. Poop deck. All hands so, to the poop deck. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's uh, I won't even go there. But anyway, text it to us, 46862. Hey, it's a big <laughs> night tonight. We've got high school basketball yeah. and sectional semifinals are taking place all over northeast Indiana. How about the uh, ice in the veins of a freshman yeah. Going to the free throw line at the end of Homestead, Columbia City. Her team down by two. She gets fouled shooting a three. And Maya Epps delivers all three free throws with half a second on the clock. Unbelievable. And maybe... Being young might be an advantage. Maybe she doesn't feel the pressure a senior would feel knowing the entire career is on the line, uh, literally. Because, you know, if a senior goes up there, they're thinking, you know, I don't make these. It could be the end of my high school career. Maybe there's added pressure by being a senior or being more experienced. Maybe in some ways being a bit naive as a freshman, uh, you don't feel that added pressure. But anybody to step up to the free throw line, given that circumstance, and hitting free, three free throws, that, that is something. And as a result, Homestead knocked off Columbia City, and Homestead advances, advances into tonight's semifinal. They are taking on Wayne. Good Wayne team, but Homestead obviously the favorite, and we'll have that broadcast from Huntington tonight. At about 7.40, and then after the game, let's get the rundown of everybody in the semifinals. Winners, losers, all four classes, because we've got your Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show live from the Huntington Pizza Hut. Who's on the uh, Who's on the show tonight, Adam? Do you know the schedule of who's... Uh, is, is it Josh Williams in tonight from Huntington? Should be Josh Williams and Eric Dukevich on the post-game show uh, with Mac joining them in progress. And then on Saturday, we've got the sectional championship, and we will go down to Norwell because it looks like regardless of winners and losers tonight, that will be a high-profile matchup down at Norwell. And uh, and so we figured uh, let's give some 3A love down at the castle with the Norwell Knights, and uh, we'll see if they advance. Of course, Northwestern and Belmont also doing battle down there, and we'll have the championship from Norwell coming up tomorrow night. Think about the day tomorrow. We've got, yes, there's no NFL football, and it's like the first weekend since... Uh, the first, uh, the first weekend of September, it's the first weekend without NFL football. 
And uh, you've got, well, unless you count the Pro Bowl, whatever that is called. But there's no NFL, true NFL games this weekend. So we've got to have something to fill the void. And do we ever have it tomorrow? We've got Mastodon's Detroit Mercy at 1. As soon as that game ends, we'll do a real quick wrap-up because we've got to get it to the big one that starts at 4 between Indiana and Purdue. And then... Tomorrow night, we've got your high school girls basketball sectional championship from Norwell. Uh, and, and looking ahead, just a little peek. Of course, Carroll had the upset of the tournament so far when they blew out Northrop. And not only was it an upset win for Carroll, who was dominated by Northrop during the season, but how they did it. I mean, they they ran away with this one in the fourth quarter against a really good Northrop team. Uh, kind of blew my pick because I took Northrop to win that sectional, and they're one and done. So Carroll's still alive. And, uh, and of course, Snyder on the other side of the bracket up at DeKalb. It could be Carroll Snyder, an all-SAC matchup at DeKalb. And I'm, I'm also looking forward to a potential matchup in Huntington with the Huntington North Vikings, who right now are 18 and 4 in the opposite semifinal tonight, uh, of Homestead. And if Homestead and Huntington North advance, you gotta go all the way back to November 22nd when Huntington North beat Homestead 58 to 55 in overtime. And you know what was significant about that game, Adam? I bet you don't. No, I don't. First game played at the new Spartan Arena. Oh, wow. Very cool. And it was a loss. It was a loss for the Homestead Spartans on their home floor. Uh, Huntington North came in, knocked them off 58-55 to 55 in overtime. So it could be a heck of a final at Huntington. But we've got all your scores coming up tonight right after live action of Homestead and Wayne. So join us for all the... Uh, the action tonight here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. So Adam Schefter is reporting that an Aaron Rodgers trade is possible. Now, Aaron Rodgers spoke up at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and somebody was asking him questions while he was trying to tee off, and Aaron Rodgers responded, I'm not going to San Francisco. Now, I started to think about this. First of all, I don't know how trades work, but generally you don't really call the shot. I don't know if he's, uh, if Green Bay is trying to set up, uh, a deal for Aaron Rodgers to get to where he wants to go. But, uh, I thought about landing spots for Aaron Rodgers and I think there's, there's one that makes a lot of sense, another one that makes some sense. Uh, but I, I don't know why there's not more people talking about Aaron Rodgers to the Las Vegas Raiders. You've got an offensive-minded coach. Uh, You've got Devontae Adams, uh, a receiver that he was so successful with in Green Bay. I think Rodgers would enjoy the Vegas lifestyle, kind of, you know, that cool dude with the long hair and just letting it flow out in Vegas. He's not far from the West Coast, so his Hollywood aspirations, you know, of whatever he wants to do with Hollywood, he's right there. Just seems like it's a better fit from a personality standpoint than Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And so I kind of am surprised there's not more talk about Rodgers to the Raiders. But then also the San Francisco 49ers, what are they going to do with their quarterback situation? 
Um, you know, Garoppolo looks to be on his way out. You've got an injured Brock Purdy. You've got uh, Trey Lance. We don't know what the status is going to be. Obviously, he's been hurt. And do you want to bring in stability for a year or two and then decide between the two younger guys, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, who stays, who goes, when they get time to, to get their extension or maybe even before? But uh, but I think the Raiders, the 49ers, and then the other question, Tom Brady's retired. There's an open spot in Tampa Bay. Do you want to go follow Tom Brady with Tampa Bay? But to me, that's not a horrible job. I, I mean, they don't have the personnel they had a couple of years ago, but it's not the worst job. Not bad weather. Uh, no state taxes. And uh, you've got a decent core of receivers that are experienced, things that are all important to Aaron Rodgers. So I'm putting those three teams on my board for Aaron Rodgers' watch if he does get traded. Raiders, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. Your thoughts, 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. And don't forget, if you want to win four tickets to the boat show next weekend, just text the words poop deck. Yeah, that's two words. Poop deck. That's our key phrase for today, the phrase <laughs> that pays. Uh, so good luck. Text us now at 46862. We'll take a quick break. Raphael, Raphael Davis is going to be joining us coming up after our timeout. Don't forget Cruzy Automotive Service, 1990 full-service oil change. Get your car to Cruzy, K-R-U-S-E, Lima Road, north of Wallen, south of Till, right behind the Shell gas station. You can uh, tell them the sports rush sent you, and it's just $19.90 for a full-service regular five-quart oil change. Any other oil change, uh, synthetics, you get $17 off just for mentioning the sports rush. Check out my friends at Cruzy Automotive Service. Go where I go. They're on Lima Road, north of Wallen, south of Till, behind the Shell gas station. Once again, call for an appointment, 489-1089, 489-1089. 1089. That is Cruzy Automotive Service. You can get all the action. Purdue versus Indiana coming up tomorrow from Simon Scott Assembly Hall in Bloomington. And, of course, we've got your Purdue Radio Network coverage right here starting after the Mastodons game with a 4 o'clock tip on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. And, of course, somebody who uh, is giving us all the insights, the X's, the O's, doing a terrific job with the Big Ten Network and uh, a local product joining us here on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline is Raphael Davis. Raphael, how are you today? I'm doing well. How you doing, Brett? I'm doing great. You know, I got a question because you tweet at some ridiculously early hours and you talk about grinding. Are you still up or do you get up at an insane hour? I just get up really early. Yeah, I start my day pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I catch some of your tweets and I'm like, and that dude, he's like a 24-7 machine with everything oh, he's yeah. out there doing. And, and no kidding, the grind uh, but let's talk a little bit about your expertise right now in, in being an analyst with college basketball. And I know you've done a lot of great studio work, but this has got to be one of those rivalries that hits home for you, having been a player in this this history of Indiana versus Purdue. Uh, yeah, it's a big-time game, big-time rivalry. Um, I'm so looking forward to tomorrow, I can't even explain it. Uh, being I've, being a, I mean, my record is 3-3, three and three, 
in this rivalry. I mean, uh, one at Assembly Hall. There is no, there is nothing like beating Indiana in a close game at Assembly Hall. There's nothing like it. So I mean, lost in this game. So I mean, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of, a lot of pride goes into it. I mean, James Blackman Jr. Being, we were middle school teammates at Memorial Park in Fort Wayne. We went to school together. So playing against him in this game was big time. Um, it's just a, it's, this game is everything you look forward to as a growing up in Indiana and playing for Purdue. And this year, both teams being ranked, it gives more added value. And I really enjoy that um, you see Coach Woodson and you see Coach Painter and Coach Woodson play for Bobby Knight. Coach Katie played for Gene Katie, obviously. I mean, Coach Painter played for Gene Katie, obviously. And um, that gives so much more extra oomph to it. So, I mean, everyone in the gym will understand how big the rivalry is, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Let's talk about the matchup, and it starts with the bigs in the middle with Trace Jackson Davis versus Zach Eady. What's important on both sides of that matchup? <clears throat> um... That's a lot, man. If I was to narrow it down to one thing on each side, just because I don't want to take all your time, is uh, for Purdue, I would say Purdue hitting the offensive glass. You look at Zach Eady, and you look at the start of that Penn State game. I know Mason Gillis ends up hitting nine threes, but that was kind of later in the later in the first half. He, he got going. To start that game, Purdue's best offense was kind of just shoot the ball and let Zach go get it off the glass and hope he gets the rebound. I think he ended up having seven offensive rebounds in that game. Caleb First is one of the – I mean, Caleb First in Fort Wayne, he's one of the better offensive rebounders, not just on Purdue, but in the Big Ten. He hits the glass so hard, and that's why he ended up earning a starting position is that he can hit the offensive glass the weak side when Zach puts it up. He can go and get it. So for Purdue – it's definitely hitting the glass. It's hitting the glass, trying to steal baskets there, just in case that they don't make shots. You know, Purdue has had times where they didn't make shots, and that always steals them points. And it, what it does also is, my head and my belief is that uh, it will keep Indiana out of transition because now um, Miller, Cap, Galloway, Geronimo. I mean, if Geronimo plays, the race Thompson and those guys, they got to look and check out before they try and get on the break. And Trace Jackson Davis has been phenomenal at um, getting the rebound now and pushing the basketball instead of looking for an outlet. I was talking to Dr. Russell over at OPS today and just kind of talking about how he's um he switched his whole style of playing. Whereas though he used to get off a defensive rebound, he would look for Xavier Johnson or Huchatino to outlet the ball, and now he's really taking advantage of pushing the fast break and either going to get his or finding shooters. And if it's a day where Miller, Cobb, Galloway, Bates, and they're all going on the same day in transition making shots, it could be a tough night for Purdue. So I would say Indiana taking care of the defensive glass and really getting it out and pushing in transition, not letting Purdue set their defense. And then for Purdue, taking good shots, but then also hitting the offensive glass because that – um. That's where they can really make some noise. But it'll be a big-time matchup with the bigs. I'm really curious to see how Purdue guards Trace Jackson Davis. I don't know if they will go with Zach Eady, if they will go with they've – been, they've been going with Zach Eady being a trap guy. If you watch him against Penn State, he was trapping Jalen Pickett. So you may see Caleb first take that matchup and Zach Eady come over and trap it. So it's going to be a cat-mouse game. And it'll be interesting to see if 
Race Thompson starts on Zach Eady and not TJD because last year, I know you remember TJD picked up those early fouls in Assembly Hall. So it would be just interesting to see who guards who and who can flip the matchup. Speaking of matchups, freshmen could play a key role in this one. When you look at this, this Jalen Hood, Shafino, and and even though it, it, he might be on Braden Smith, maybe Fletcher Lawyer, whatever the matchups are, but you're still dealing with some key freshmen for both sides. And I almost feel like for Indiana, Hood, Shafino might be one of those X factors that when he's hitting shots and he's on his game, Indiana's a much better basketball team. Do you? Do you agree that these freshmen are going to play a very important role? And how big do you think Jalen hood Shafino is for Indiana's success? Oh, uh, yeah. You want to start with hood Shafino? He's huge. He turns, I mean, to me, and I, it's not pressure on him. I mean, he's a great player, but he turns Indiana from just a, you know, a good Big Ten team that could be in the Big Ten to a Final Four contender, in my opinion. When he's comfortable and he's getting going, there's not much you can do with him. But, I mean... One way to guard him, it reminds me a little bit of D'Angelo Russell when I played, when he was D'Angelo Russell as a freshman, is that when you let D'Angelo Russell or those guys that's that talented be comfortable and be free-flowing, they're going to tear you apart. They're going to rip your defense apart. If you let those guys just be comfortable, get in the rhythm from the start, it's going to be a tough night. But what Maryland did is Jameer Young, Jameer Young is the older guy, tougher guy, bigger bigger guard as far as his body mass, not his height, but just his body, is that he tried to he tried to touch him up a little bit, it's per se. He tried to be more physical with Shafino off of ball screens and they would they would grab him up off of, when he come off of screens and they would hit him and that's kinda and it's not dirty, it's just physical basketball. If you be physical with him, you can kinda knock him off his line, but if you let Shafino get going it's going to be a tough night. So um, I'm sure Brady Smith is going to try and get into him. He's going to try and, you know, it may take a foul or two, but you cannot let Hushafino get in transition. You cannot let him play one-on-one basketball. You've got to give him a lot of respect and a lot of attention. I mean, that's an NBA player, in my opinion. And for Purdue, you've seen how important Fletcher Lawyer is. I mean, at Michigan State, Fletcher Lawyer either scored or assisted on the final 14 points in the last four minutes. So... Their freshmen mean a lot to them as well. When I look at Purdue, I don't know that they've had a weakness that's been exposed. If there is one, maybe it's taking care of the basketball against pressure. Uh, Do you think there's a team that has done something that's given future teams maybe a blueprint to how to attack Purdue or how to compete with Purdue because they do not show many weaknesses. Yeah, I think a team like Rutgers gives the blueprint. I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, been the blueprint. Elite. And also, you you got to take it outside of the Big Ten. We talk, we think about the NCAA tournament. There are going to be more teams built like a Rutgers in the NCAA tournament than it will be built like a – um, let's say New Wisconsin, if that makes sense. As far as the athletes, yeah. the length, that you know, that type of style. So what Rutgers did that is really good. And if they pushed Purdue's guards out on an initial catch, and if you let Purdue catch it, if you let Fletcher Lawyer, Ethan Morton catch it, toes on the three point line, and they're able to feed the post comfortably and get the ball to Zach Eady, it's going to be tough for you. So you got to be able to push like Watt Mag, Caleb McConnell. Paul McKay, 
they were able to push those guys out a little bit at times and make it uncomfortable with that initial catch to initiate the offense and make that first post-pass, post-entry uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So, again, deflection on mm-hmm. post in that sense. But then also what they, like a Nebraska, what a Rutgers did is they double every time. So in the Big Ten, not a lot of teams double every time. So when you face Purdue, if you're a team that doesn't double every time, you're going to struggle at doubling because your guys don't practice it. Your guys don't practice rotations every day, every game. You only have a two- or three-day prep, and that sometimes that's not enough. So if you're a team that doubles every time, depending on how you double and depending on how long your guys are as far as their wingspan, that could give Purdue trouble because a lot of times Zach E can just see over guys and pass over them. But what Rutgers has, they have a lot of length and a lot of athleticism that really bothered him. And same with Nebraska, with Gary and Greasel and Vandermeer, those guys being bigger guards, that turned it over a bunch, and that really bothered him as well. Rayfield, um, there is something you brought up, and I think it's great to, to point it out, is the post-entry pass, because... That, to me, is an underrated skill that's that's underappreciated for a guard to be able to put the ball right into the right position for a postman to either have that leverage with a shoulder or to be able to keep his position on the block because there's times where I've seen guys throw it into the post and it takes the, the, uh, the big man two steps away from the bucket to make the catch. Well, you defeat the purpose of him getting early position. And that's one thing that Purdue is really good at. Did did you practice that at Purdue? Is that something that is a skill you just just bring to the game, or is it a skill that's practiced at Purdue? You know, it's, it's both. A lot of, like myself, I just didn't know. How, I never played with bigger people bunch until I went to I went to Lalamere, my senior year of high school, and I got to play with people that were bigger than me and had the post feed. But not everybody gets to play with seven-footers in high school or even guys that are six, seven, six, eight. So not everybody understands how to post feed or how to understand angles, but that is something that separates Purdue's freshmen. They came into Purdue already knowing how to post feed, already knowing how to pass. And that's, that's half the battle, just knowing how to do it, knowing how to step your man off, get position, knowing how to, if you're crowded, get your space and all of that without flinging your elbows. But then also at Purdue, I mean, yeah, we practiced it all the time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was um, it was almost an everyday thing. It was especially with when Isaac Haas came to campus with AJ, and then that next year when when Biggie came, Kayla Swan again. I mean, it was get those dudes the ball as much as you could. So, at one hundred percent, one hundred percent, we practiced it a lot. And and you know that that's the whole thing. When I watch the game, I think. A lot of those baskets that Edie gets, because if you can get him the ball two feet from the rim, it doesn't matter if you send five guys at him. He's going to go over the top of you and score. You know, and so I really have an appreciation for just how good Purdue is at setting Edie up with a good entry pass. What do you like tomorrow? What What are you expecting as far as this game? Uh, I'm expecting a battle, man. I'm expecting a, a close game, whether if it's high scoring or if it's low scoring. I could see it being either or. I think both of the both of the All Americans are going to have phenomenal performances. I re- performances. I really hope the referees let let the teams play. I hope um, it's a te- it's a thing where 
a team wins it instead of a team losing it, if that makes sense. Because I think it's going to be a big-time mm-hmm. battle. I think um, the freshmen, I think the big man, I think they will. The, the numbers will even out. I think they both have a great performance. They even out the numbers-wise. I think it's going to come down to the, uh, the other guys. As far as I think it comes down to um, can drop, I mean, can Tamar Bates and can um, Galloway, can they have a good game on the same night? When those two guys have a good game on the same night, Indiana is, I mean, I mean, obviously they're, success, they're successful. I mean, but when those guys are confident and they're shooting the ball well, they're a different team. And for Purdue, can their bench continue to play well? I mean, they Purdue's bench has outscored the last three opponents by 46 points. So if Purdue's bench can play well and you get contributions from everybody, you would just wear Indiana down. They don't have enough guys to keep up. So I think... Um, if those two guys can play well for Indiana, it really helps them. And then if Purdue's bench can give them what they need and can, can keep being productive, I think that it, I think it'll be a really close game. Rayfield, we appreciate you taking time with us and always enjoy your coverage of Big Ten basketball, the Big Ten Network. Uh, I, I want to get you on, too, to talk about some of the things you're doing with your camps and everything. Uh, and we'll have to do that here because the, the season's winding down, but there's going to be a lot of drama with the tournament coming up and uh, the Big Ten tournament plus the NCAA tournament. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, but really appreciate you jumping on with us. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the game. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Enjoy it. Yep, that is Rayfield Davis joining us on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. Former Southside Archer, of course, went on to Lalamere and then uh, then took his uh, talents to Purdue University, where he learned to play defense and was one of the best in the Big Ten uh, at it. And it's, uh, it's great to see him having success as a studio analyst with the Big Ten Network. We've got to take a time out when we come back. Big win last night for the Mastodons women, and tomorrow is pink out. If you know someone or are someone that has been touched or impacted by breast cancer, tomorrow is about you. And we'll tell you about it with the pink out with women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano coming up after the break. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This show has been... So jam-packed today, we haven't had a chance to bring you a couple of the late-breaking headlines, but Kyrie Irving requesting a trade from Brooklyn. Who wants Kyrie Irving? Uh, We'll find out because he apparently is going to request a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And then you've got uh, Tommy Reese. Looks like he's going to become the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide that uh, some breaking news, too, coming down the pipeline. So, yeah, it's pretty active sports day as we head into the weekend. And uh, last night, boy, what a fun night if you're a Mastodons fan. Doesn't matter if it's women's basketball, men's basketball. The men got a big road win. And at home, the women got, which I think you could arguably say, one of the top five wins all time for the program with uh, a 67-65 home court win over Youngstown State. And to talk about it, and to talk about what's special tomorrow, we are joined by women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano. And, Coach, congratulations. Great win last night. Thanks, Brett. It was a lot of fun. The girls really uh, really showed up and executed last night. This team obviously is on a roll, four straight wins. And uh, what does... 
what changes as far as level of play just based on the confidence this team has right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think something clicked uh, probably about three to four weeks ago. Um, you know, we're on a four-game winning streak, but the losses that we've had even within there, with, you know, close games, very competitive. Um, and I'm not sure when exactly it happened, but um, when it clicked, you could just tell we were a different team. You know, the, the confidence on both ends was there. The competitiveness picked up. Um, and it was just like, you know, a realization that we're good enough and, and we're here and we're in the middle of this and, and let's go win some games. And, um, you know, the girls are starting to gel on the court so well together. Um, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of things got to happen to be, you know, a, a team like Youngstown, a, you know, number one team in the conference, talented player of the year candidate, shooters all over the floor, a lot of athleticism. Um, and credit to our girls because they came out and executed so well last night. Has Solaire Starks, been, has it been a coincidence that she's been healthy and, and, and a bigger contributor as far as minutes and your team is starting to, to find this? And, and when I look at her, I think, is she the glue, you know, that you had plenty of talented players just to have, to have that missing piece to bring it together. Uh, what has been her contribution? You know, Solaire, I, I, I couldn't even tell you that she's 100% healthy right now. She's definitely feeling better. Uh, but, you know, I've said this over and over again. With her on the floor, we're just more confident. We have a swagger to us. Um, you know, she's got her weaknesses just like all the kids do. Uh, but with her, you know, we're just a different team out there. We have this confidence that we can get things done. She's got a very high IQ player, so she's normally in the right spot in the right time. Um, she's a great leader. Uh, she gives confidence to everybody on the team, so it's not just, her own confidence and her own swagger. It's the little things she kind of says under her breath to her teammates that pick them up and, and make them believe in themselves. And so, you know, like I said, I'm not sure when it clicked or what the key ingredient was, but when we switched things up and, and she went in that starting lineup, um, you know, good things have happened since she's been in there. And, and you know, her experience shows through in, in games like yesterday and really in the last four games. Shayla Sellers, a veteran of the program, had the winning bucket last night. And I'm just curious, her sister, one of the top players in the Big Ten, having an outstanding year for a powerhouse program in Maryland. And, of course, they got to play against each other just before Christmas at the Gate Center. But I'm wondering, does the success of a sibling, does does that carry over? I mean, is, is Shayla a more confident player seeing how well her sister is playing at Maryland? I don't know if it's if it's you know a confidence piece that they get from each other. I think it's probably more of a competitive piece. Um, they're so supportive <laughs> of each other, and you kind of see it going back and forth on social media. But at the same time, there's that chip on Shay's shoulder that you know she's out to prove that she's just as good as her sister, and that's kind of always been there. Um, you know, she's she was an absolute monster last night. You know, every time we needed somebody to step up and get something done, whether it was offensively, defensively, or from a rebounding standpoint. Shayla Sellers it did it for us, and, and the way she's been playing here recently, um, sky's the limit for her because she's getting healthy, she's feeling better, she's getting some of her bounce back, her shot's falling. I'm excited to see how this season winds up with her. You know, uh, the old phrase, don't let one loss become two losses. In this case, it's don't let one win become one loss. Is it tough uh, or, or tougher to bounce back and get yourself emotionally prepared and ready for an opponent on a short turnaround coming off an emotional win or off a tough loss? 
it's definitely it's definitely definitely tougher to uh, prepare for any game after one of the biggest wins in recent history, and especially for a group such as our group who is still kind of in the midst of a rebuild and, and learning how to win. Um, you know, we we tried to handle it, and you know, we told the kids, you know, enjoy last night, and you know, we enjoyed it a little bit this morning watching film. Uh, but then we got right to work and we got refocused because um, I say this all the time. One of the hardest games to win is the game after a really big win. And this is one of the biggest wins that this program has seen in the last, I don't know, five to ten years. And especially for these girls who aren't used to really even being in games. And now we, we knock off the number one team in our conference. So um, I definitely think it's a challenge to get refocused. But credit to our kids, man. They came in today. You know, we watched some film. We watched the good stuff, but we also watched the bad stuff. And I think our kids took that out into the court, uh, ready to learn, ready to grow, and to get ready for Robert Morris on Saturday. Now a winning record at 7-6 and six in Horizon League play. And uh, tomorrow it is a special day, not only a game against Robert Morris, but pink out. And again, that brings on a whole new distraction and a whole new theme, but it's one that's kind of well worth being distracted over. It's a very important cause, and it's a special day for the women's basketball program tomorrow. Yeah, I think Purdue-Fort Wayne um, and our administration do a phenomenal job of uh, putting this day together, um, You know, advertising it, getting breast cancer survivors to the game, having the, the luncheon, having keynote speakers. Um, and really making it a whole day affair. It's not just the game, but just to use the game as the platform and, and honor those survivors and those people that we're remembering at halftime. You know, our kids uh, take this game very seriously. I saw today somewhere that Purdue Fort Wayne has a nine and six record on Pink Day games. I believe it is. So we're shooting to go <laughs> ten and six on Pink Days tomorrow. But yeah, very cool, very cool day, very special. Um, you know, cause to to all of us. Um, you know, and especially this year for for our team. And I would assume wearing the special pink uniforms tomorrow? We are. We are. We got the, the, the pink unis. Uh, most of the girls have been wearing the pink shoes already. And then we got the pink warm-up shirts as well. Well, uh, best of luck with that tomorrow. Of course, GoMastodons.com is the website. If you'd like to get more information about Pink Out, it's uh, certainly not too late to be involved in some way, even if it's just attending the game and supporting the cause out at the Gates Center tomorrow as the women take on Robert Morris. And, of course, we know Robert Morris will come in motivated after you got a win at Robert Morris at the end of December. So congrats again, Coach. Best of luck tomorrow. Thanks, Brett. That is Maria Marcasano, women's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne, 67-65 over the 17 and 5 Youngstown State Penguins. They were 10 and 2 and actually tied for first place and the Mastodons knocked them off that pedestal with the win last night and just a huge win for Purdue Fort Wayne and now you've got to follow it up against a team that comes in with a losing record. You hope that you can have success and make it a sweep of the weekend. We'll take a break. We'll come back. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. I think on a scale of 1 to 10, this show hit 11. Big time guests. Great day here on the Sports Rush. I've been able to stay connected the entire two hours. 
knock on wood. But uh, fantastic stuff from Dane Fife in our first hour. We had Dane on for almost 30 minutes talking about his history with the Indiana-Purdue rivalry, uh, talking about uh, a number of different things with Dane. It was actually a lot of fun, and if you didn't catch it, you can always catch up on our podcast. Remember, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, be sure to search for us. The Sports Rush with Brett Rump. You can find us by name, and then make sure that you subscribe for free. But Dane Fife, Rafael Davis, Maria Marcasano, what a great lineup of guests. Coming up tonight, we've got high school basketball with Homestead Wayne. Tomorrow night, the championship from Norwell. Also tomorrow at 1 o'clock, it is the Mastodons taking on Detroit Mercy. IU Purdue at 4, 3 o'clock, the pregame show. And then tomorrow night, that championship. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.